Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Check it. Check it. Let's see what you say in there, boy. Well, they ain't fight, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because how else we go be? It's a, it, it, it a battle to fight. So, you know what I mean? We had a fight. I'm be real general in the fight. That's what I'm saying. Linton. <laughs> it's not general. It's not part of no AGM and executive, you know. Need me, need me, need me. So now, oh, 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 um, mom, pixels looking a uh, uh, hundred. Oh. Yeah, looking at solid actually. Right, right, right. They know I, I try to keep it a little fresh too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the upper nineties. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome folks to another edition of the Heights Room here on the inside. We have my co-host Shankara and Torian. Me myself, you know, they call me cutter, smoother than butter, those cutter. <laughs> and we're going straight into the topic of solar. You don't know. Off the mm-hmm. grid is our overarching topic today. And in a little while, we'll be joined by our guest, Graham Jones. But Kick it off, you know, we had a check with the scenes and in keeping with um the hottest topics. First thing up, we have the drug susu, DSS. So you know, DSS was the one of the hottest <clears throat> topics, especially pre um pre-COVID, right? Mm-hmm. But um mm-hmm. it kind of died on now because you know, well, yeah. things things tight, and people must be saying, Way boy, in this time if I had get my susu, mm-hmm. you understand? Mm-hmm. Things were, things were million gone. 
All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have the drug Susu, Karen Clark, now running registered money lending business. So when he was taking all that, <laughs> he wasn't registered. But yeah, now registered. your boy is registered. It's so official. It's official. It is an official. He joined the 1%. Acting Commissioner of Police McDonald Jacobs says they are looking into how the founder of Drug Susu, DSS, Karen Clark, opened a pawn shop. So he's a pawn star, right? Yeah, like yeah, the old yeah. So like, like the old man, like the old man and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Chumley and these guys. On Monday, on Monday, Clark posted a picture to his Instagram page announcing that he was now licensed to conduct business as a moneylender, pawnbroker, and dealer in precious metals, gems, and stone. Uncut gems business, right? <laughs> so, you know, before, the big pull towards um, the DSS, the people would have chanted that, you know, it is outside of the, the system, you know, and mm. it is for the, for the people, you know. It's the people mm. choosing to do something for themselves and this kind of mm. thing. And, well... Nothing really good came out of it after a while. I mean, some people collect the dust. Some people, mm -hmm. they bite the dust. Some people bite mm -hmm. the dust. And uh, mm -hmm. now he's registered. So at the end of the day, people, I guess it, if there's one lesson to learn here, it's like, register your thing one time and just start it from there now. Because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's a hundred million, you know, you're registered, so you're good to go. Nothing wrong with that. You understand what I'm saying? Clark, you know? wrote, Clark wrote that he was proud to be the youngest pawnbroker of the first <laughs> black pawn shop in this country. That's right. Dude. That's right. But is that, well, is that yes. back in Naps, that real pawn brokers when you say pawn That's All right. So moving on. Mo moving on. Pritchard fires back at Munilal as COP race heats up. Um, hey, this well, commission, I mean, a police thing in real heat, did boy. I didn't think oh, it, it ever was no, this like, heated before. Like, when nah, this I, exactly. well, I don't know. Yeah, I never know this thing to be so dread. You understand? And who is Pritchard now? You understand? And there's a certain military man trying to come in the scene. Not just Pritchard, my boy. Admiral Hayden Pritchard. Admiral <laughs> Hayden Pritchard. No play. No play. No play. <laughs> man in the back be looking like Admiralis. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Ice Cube. A little bit. Uh, you have ice cube finish. <laughs> during oh, yeah, the UNC's Monday, yeah. During Sorry, the UNC's Monday night, during the UNC's Monday night forum virtual meeting, Munilal noting concern about a plot to fire Griffith <laughs> as police commissioner, claimed to private citizens who were hired to investigate the conduct of police officers in 2020, but Prime Minister Dr. Keith Rowley had no power to do this. So the probe is in mm. connection with allegations that there was a license for sale racket being conducted in the granting of firearms users licenses within the TNT police service. I mean, nothing to doubt. Eh? Nothing to doubt. Police yeah. operation. I wouldn't say that nothing. I say nothing to doubt. Nothing new. Yeah, but one thing I would say. One thing I would say with Griffith, though, he really secure political supporter. Eh? You know, son, I mean, people from all sides, you know what I mean? Bakini man and I like, yeah. He, 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 he good at the, the media, you see. Yeah. And people see the value in that. He, right, he, right, he right, right, right. Well. He can't be niche well. Give Jackie Jacket. <laughs> Give Jackie, know how to get them people talking, you know? Yes. That in, in, in the rumor sphere, 
as Vani pointed out and checking it out right now, people are saying that Saucy Pow is dead. And actually, when I put Saucy Pow, the first search come up is Saucy Pow dead. That is the search that comes <laughs> yes. up. Saucy Pow dead. What? But hmm. but um, but I don't know if it's true. But if it is true, well, you know that's another legend of the the one of the first viral hmm. people. Saucy Pow is that guy who is um a um a night walker, a Murray Street night walker kind of vibe, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, trans mm-hmm. transgender dude who apparently also was reformed and he told people that mm-hmm. it ain't right what he used to do. I mean, I don't know if that was just mm-hmm. for the um, endorsements and so on, but um, mm-hmm. it was paid at dust to say that, but I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. we will we will await, we will await it. It's alleged, so we will await confirmation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Barney, Barney saying, um, um, what is his name? I forget his name. Griffith. Gary Griffith, not good at the mm-hmm. social media. You not good at the social media. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, but I'm real. He's not good. He's not good, but he liked the back yeah. and I watched that. He yeah. was like, therefore. That's right. He, he know how to, how to access the channels and, and get wild up, man. He know the wild up yeah. and wild down. He ain't good in a proper official sense. Mm-hmm. But he, he know how but to public, But Trinidad public, he know him. He Mel. For Trinidad public, he know Mel. Because they like that. So moving mm-hmm. on to news to do with our topic today to you know ease us instead. Answer mm-hmm. seeks, answer seeks to acquire Solar Farm in Dominica. That was a few, I think, a few weeks ago. Well, this news was um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Nah, that is a that is, that is a scene. That is in um, let me see. Wait, wait, wait. Is this is where? Yeah, in Dominic, Dominican okay. Republic, um, they set out to acquire the plant in full as Ansa Macal, and two unnamed minority investors. Um, and yeah, the MPC Clean Car- Caribbean Clean Energy, um, a Monte Plata solar farm. Um, and they're looking to acquire it and operate it on a 28 year purchase power agreement, which is a kind of PPP. Um, and they say they expanded, they're looking to expand it to 74 megawatts um, power by 2022. Um, so they're looking to finalize it by the third quarter of 2021. You know, so it's know. you know, yeah, and I mean is 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 a pretty big solar farm. Um the whole idea of solar farms, I, I'm not sure about yet. I mean, when we bring uh Graham on, we, we would talk a little more in depth in it, but I I I little suspect about the solar farm sellers because I mean plenty of people just talk it, eh? You understand? But to me, if you don't have like a desert solar farm, look at look at the condition of Labre. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Labre had a real forest hunting in about all them industries just destroy all them forests down there. You see, if you don't have real land, you see, people talk about like we talk about like Tesla and thing, but Tesla putting up solar farm in the desert. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Because you see, it's a, a great solution now, boy. So for me, I I, I don't know how efficient it is, boy. It, 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 some well, people will say it's good, but I know. Well, you had to start somewhere, right? Let's see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. True, 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 true. Being had the space that we land, but as the technology improve, yeah, it comes off. I'm going to tell you something, eh? Them Ansamakal people ain't stupid enough. Going back uh, 56 days ago in the news, we had mm. TNT's economy at serious risk for, from global climate change oh, policies. This was kind of scary, actually, because yeah. all the industries that just like shutting down because we're just so behind the curve 
on these yeah. renewable energies and things like that. It's kind of yeah. scary. 2040, yeah. I think they're saying, the, the, at least for this article, they're saying they are yeah. not methanol. Oh, gosh. Help me, let's see. Oh, LNG? LNG. I know methanol sells yeah. a whole lot of fertilizer industry in Trinidad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2040, 2050. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy because we think we use oil. Yeah, and you see the the thing is is the fella who write the, the paper, Andrew Jupiter. I mean, he not no ordinary fella. He was mm. he was around since the times of the creation of Point Lisa's industrial estate. You know, he was one of Ken Julian Real Riding partners. Yeah, that's and so this yeah. paper, you know, it, it 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 promised to be a serious one. So I mean if 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 that is what you're projecting, you know, what the man basically saying is we yeah, had to get serious body divers, yeah. diversification. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know? it, it, it's scary. At least for me. I don't mm-hmm. want to be sensationalizing mm-hmm. and thing, but... Yeah. That, no, that but 2050 right there. I nice, mean, nice yeah. Bro, nice yeah, yeah, nice yeah, nice yeah, lifetime. We're going to be alive that time still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I was looking at them thing now. It's like, wait, I gonna 2050, we're still going to be alive. Yeah, if exactly. And we will mm-hmm. see the effects of these things. Mm-hmm. I, still, I might not be in Trinidad, but I still have family in Well, this only points to the, the fact that things had to change, you know? And as we say, it had to start yeah. somewhere. And somebody mm-hmm. who has definitely started somewhere is our guest, Graham Jones. After 40 mm-hmm. years without, without electricity, Penal family rejoice as company brings solar energy to their home. And this is the work of Rescott. Um, mm. Rescott was able to give this family this um, service. Now, again, we have to start somewhere. If it is that we're starting with, you know, domestic use or whatever it be, mm. we have to look at how we, we look at the alternative forms of energy and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I believe that there was another um, example of this. I don't know. It, it was an, another home I saw that they they put them you know, straight up with all their fridge and everything getting current and stuff, and it was a okay, home that okay. has has had no had no access to any kind of you know um, mm. grid, grid. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. of the area, the area not having that kind of thing. So at this point mm-hmm. in time, at this point in time, we want to bring on our guest for tonight, Mr. Graham Jones of Prescott, to talk to us about alternative forms of energy, solar energy, and renewable energy. Good night, Graham. Now, for those of you who don't know Graham. Graham is the managing director and founding father of Rescott Limited. Um, he's a past engineer of the regional upstream and downstream oil and gas sector who has transitioned into the renewable energy business. He has his BSc in mechanical engineering from UE, and he also has his master's in renewable energy and business management from the UK. Good night, Graham, and welcome. Good night. Good night to all listeners as well. Yes, I. So, Graham. Mm-hmm. For somebody like me who don't know better, tell me about the saga, you, Solar Energy, Rescott. Where did it all start? How did it come to be? Well, ironically, it actually started on a drilling rig. <laughs> right. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's where I see the reality of what is really going on and what could be done otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. It wasn't. It wasn't easy uh, transitioning from being uh, employed in the oil and gas upstream and downstream sector to being a businessman in the renewable energy space. So, I mean, it took a lot of sleep out of me. Uh, 
Mm. But I mean, growing your business in the grand scheme of things wasn't easy at all. And especially within mm-hmm. our landscape, particularly Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but I what, what, mm-hmm. would have, what, what would have been the moment at which you would have realized that this was something that you wanted to pursue? Uh, I had an interest in the energy sector in general, mm-hmm. but I did not like working offshore. <laughs> I'll be honest with right. you. Sure. Right. <laughs> uh, I know secret. I know secret. Offshore yeah. work is not, it's not the work that people just dream of, eh? Uh, but I mean, it was a good experience, nevertheless. Uh, and that's why I actually met the current operations director, Mr. Shamir Khan. Uh, and together, we actually formulated Rescott Limited. Right. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Before we go any further, I would like to delve back into that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mentioned there. Can you give us a little background of like how you met with that family, or how you came to hear about that family, and what that project entailed, and just give us a little insight. Absolutely. Um, that family particularly called for a site visit to assess their home because they didn't have obviously the electrical utility access. They were living in a rural area. It was taken somewhere beyond 10 poles uh, from the local utility provider to reach their home, which was mm. beyond $150,000, $200,000. Uh, mm. Yeah. Who so have that kind of money? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so when I went there, um, they were saying that uh, they were prepared to pay, you know, they were prepared to pay for the system. They said they needed, they had seven children in school. Mm. They were showing pictures on their phone when the generator is down, children studying with candlelights. And we didn't have a charitable foundation at the time, but it kind of, you know, touched me. uh, Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I met with the team after and we didn't tell them anything. We just said, uh, you know, we submitted a quotation to them. And then a couple of weeks after we engaged, uh, many businessmen uh, for funding. And of course, the company put forward um, finance to execute the project as well. But the idea was uh, when they heard that they were getting their solar system, it changed their life, you know? Right, mm. right, 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 right. It was a good feeling for them and even a better feeling for the company and all our mm. partners as well. Because, mm. I mean, to study children doing SEA exams and they're studying on that candlelight. They have no lights in the house, no entertainment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, something needed to be done. So, yeah. we... so what was the, so obviously light is the basic you guys would have provided, but like outside mm-hmm. of the basics, like I'm guessing, did you, was there enough, I guess, were you able to source enough power with the setup they gave them for like, hot water tank and all them kind of other things, or it was just basic, keep it simple, the lights. It was, um, yeah. Washer and dryer, them kind of things. Correct. It was basic appliances. Pretty much everything, except heating elements and AC units, they were able to power. Right. Nice. Nice. Right. So they were comfortable, you know, comfortable. Actually, as a matter of fact, uh, that initiative created the foundation, the charitable foundation. And... We decided, the board of directors of Rescott decided to uh, 
uh, vault install a minimum of five kilowatts of solar energy per annum for similar families uh, in these situations without electrical utility access that can't afford uh, solar energy. So this year with the Brandt Beauty Foundation, that's Janine Brandt, Miss Royal TT. Okay. Um, mm. with Touchstone Exploration, we'll be giving two families um, similar oh. systems. So we exceed nice. our charitable okay. target this year. Nice. That's great. Um, yeah. So for the layperson like myself, what does five kilowatts translate to? Five kilowatts, uh, that could power AC units, that could power oh. pretty much everything else. Yeah, everything else in your room. A typical home could run, say, 70% of your load off utility power with a five kilowatt system. Oh, wow. Mm. Nice, nice. All right, good. but um, yeah, but tell me something, Graham. So um, but I would imagine that um, getting going in in Trinidad would not have been easy for us, Scott. What were some of the challenges that you come across and so on uh, that you could talk about in terms of getting from the point of the idea of Rescott, where a lot of people I think have theoretically but then the actual operations and some of the challenges that you face that you think is unique to this Trinidad situation. Absolutely. Uh, so convincing, you know, we have cheap gas, we have cheap energy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Subsidized and the TNTEC business model uh, just simply it doesn't work. Uh, TNTEC is actually in arrears for over four billion TT dollars. Something that has changed, right? And ideally... That's what, people owe that owe TNTEC or TNTEC owe like TNTEC, NGC? TNTEC is in arrears. Four billion. Mm. Yeah. So something needs to be done about that. The business model just simply doesn't work. And mm. I mean, as a matter of fact, the Regulating Industries Commission, I'm sure most of our viewers could attest to this. You're, being, uh, you're hearing more frequently within the public domain that rates are going to increase. <laughs> yes, are yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's good for us, you know, people are exploring solar energy options uh, mm. more frequently, and consistent business is consistent, but um, the idea is I'm not in a position to say how much or when that will increase, right? But, right. Yeah, uh, you know, we could compare to our neighboring islands that pay uh, the TTD equivalent of even a dollar and fifty, some two dollars, as opposed to thirty-two cents, which is what we pay now. Right. So, I mean, that's more than double, more than triple. Right. You know, right. <laughs> and yeah. That, but uh, it's going to be a phased process, I presume. You know, high-energy consuming homes will be particularly targeted first. Yes, right. Uh, mm. You know, then it will trickle down to lower-energy consuming. Right. So, but in sorry, one quick question as uh, you kind of mm, touch on that there. Um, mm, have you gotten, as you talk about the struggles, have you heard of any like possible like pushback from bigger companies for like against companies like yours, against this, or the government or anything like that with, with, with companies like yeah. yourself, like Rescue? Well, I would say we welcome it, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, but, uh, okay. I wouldn't be able to say whether other commercial plans. I mean, there are a lot of schemes that we could learn from neighboring islands. For example, I'll just draw on Barbados. 
uh, there are a lot of other Scandinavian countries that explore similar schemes. And it's uh, things like renewable obligation certificates, green certificates, where and they're active grid networks. So the grid could obviously receive uh, energy and give energy. So it's two-way, bi-directional flow of energy. And mm. setting up these incentives is going to create like this small economy where somebody with a green certificate, because the majority of the energy is produced from clean energy technologies and very energy efficient in their process, they can now sell that uh, uh, carbon intensive energy consumer, you know, somebody mm. who does not on the other side of the curve. Um, and that now creates a little small economy and is going to force these commercial clients. So I presume there will be some pushback, you know, against it. And I mean, I'm not in a position to say which companies have been. Right, yeah, no <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. But okay. still, but still, but still though, Graham, I mean, like, let's take the um, the same uh, job that you did down in Pinal, uh, where I think a lot of residential people would be interested in. I mean, even myself, I would say. Um, for back in Trinidad, you know, we run ACs and that kind of thing. So our bill every two months for Tiantec is like, you know, a thousand, a little over a thousand and thing. And the idea from my understanding of off the grid is that, well, listen, if I invest a certain amount in solar, I should not be required to pay that, you know, to Tiantec anymore because I wouldn't be pulling from Tiantec. I wouldn't be using their power anymore. If you could just kind of explain the basic concept of the of the residential solution that that, that you all that you all give, if it's something mm -hmm. like that. Is it like they all use photovoltaic cells? How, 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 how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have packages for residential clients and the company, okay. because we are engineering based, we came up with standardized engineered packages and solutions okay. for residential, commercial, industrial, agricultural. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's not so it's not just throwing photovoltaics on the roof and jacking it into the meter. No, it's that's not allowed. But uh, the plan right. is what we do now is encourage clients by removing a certain percentage by isolating certain loads on solar and then keeping it to the floor for, you know, if they can't afford these higher systems, uh... heating elements, AC units, large pumps. Some people might have hydroponics. Uh, some right. hydroponics, aquaponics run 24-7, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the energy consumption, uh... although the wattage will be low, because mm. the energy consumption is high, solar needs to provide power to that. Now, for commercial mm. clients, uh, I know you touched on residential, but for commercial clients, we could guarantee mm. a seven-year return on investment, a 10-year mm. guarantee, and a 35-plus-year net zero expense. So when a commercial client hears that, much. obviously they'll opt for that as opposed to using utility power, whether it be single phase, three phase, right wow yeah okay so so like if you have like let me say an extreme case of let me say um five acs running every night you have your biggest one is a uh 20 uh um 18 no the 18 is a is a medium uh like the big ones that's been the living rooms right a 24 cc btu right um and that running every day right 
is it that your package is able to um, supply power for something like that? And and wouldn't wouldn't it vary if it's in the rainy season or something like that? So I mean, ideally, what we do and what we ensure is autonomy in our designs. Autonomy meaning backup power to prevent a system failure in the event of extended inclement weather, rainy season, etc., etc. You know, we get very irregular weather patterns at this point in time. Right. So right. I'm saying, yes, it is capable, very capable of um, providing power to that and mm-hmm. on a continuous basis, right? Right. Uh, right. The cost, uh, obviously, the first step to renewable energy will be energy efficiency. Uh, you don't want to power outdated technology, which is energy inefficient, which right. more energy because you wouldn't get the value that you paid for, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. from the source. Right. So that's right. that's another subcategory of our business: energy efficiency and energy reduction department. Um, okay. And that's like energy audit something. Correct. Yeah, we have an energy mm. reduction department, so we have certified. Uh, energy auditors and the, the Association of Energy Engineers. And that category of our business prepares these clients to make that switch to renewable energy. And as a matter of fact, if they make that switch, uh, if they uh, decide to explore energy efficient measures, they might watch a utility bill and be like, well, maybe I don't need solar anymore, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's a huge impact. Right, that's true. That's true, impact, that's true. Right? And mm. I mean, ninety-five percent of our clients still up for the solar energy after that first phase. Right. But, uh, sure. The point is that is a huge subcategory of our business that we um, execute. Okay. Question regarding the autonomy. If I understand what you're talking about uh, correctly, you're saying that it's, it it can survive failure and things like that. So, do are you referring to storage of energy? Do you guys work on that? Yes. Okay. So, you guys yes. using battery packs? Battery. Where those battery packs? Where the, yeah. Where you guys getting that from? Is a creation of your own company, the own design, or are you guys purchasing from outside and bringing in or what? Yeah, is it car battery? Well, is it car battery? <laughs> <laughs> battery selling, yeah. battery selling. Yeah, I mean, people do Truck. that, right? People do that, but we, oh, really? Yeah, we. Is that a safe thing to do? No. <laughs> no. You could burn down your no. No, 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 no. Okay, no. okay, 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 okay. So, like but, that uh, was so it's specific. That specifically designed for like cars and things. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But yeah, so so the batteries. Let me get a little wrap process. How you guys utilize mm-hmm. it? Whatever we sell is built to engineering codes and standards. The company is. Uh, the foundation is quality and engineering. So it's not like we just log online, buy something from China, ship it down and sell the market and say, well, okay, right. that's business, right? But right. because the company is engineering based, we come up with our own specifications, confidential specifications that we design and engineered ourselves, whether it be lighting, solar lighting, explosion proof lighting. Explosion-proof solar, regular um, photovoltaic, solar water heaters. All these are designed by the company. We we go to China before this whole pandemic thing happened. You know, but mm-hmm. 
They go mm-hmm. to China, meet the manufacturers, and then bring these items down. Uh, mm-hmm. And that way we're sure, because there's this ideology that, you know, solar doesn't work. Solar too expensive. And I mean, obviously that's too full, you know. You might think it's expensive because you pay very low for utility power. And you might think it doesn't work because you probably purchase something online or you purchase something locally that wasn't designed to particular codes and standards, you know? Uh, so we're here, Rascal is here to ideally remove that myth surrounding that failure of solar energy. Our yeah, system, well, obviously, everything has a um, certain amount of Yeah, so you all have a, a, a double, a two-prong kind mm-hmm. of job because mm-hmm. one is going and setting up the system the next thing is getting people to understand that this is an option. This is viable, mm-hmm. right? Be- now, what we have in like nations like uh, Barbados and so on is that they don't have, you know, the oil industry. So they don't have the subsidies, natural gas and things to put this kind of subsidies that we have with our low rates for electricity. But we just talked about that whole business model of TN Tech being one that is bleeding, right? And, you know, yeah. it's just something that they say, okay, well, you know, we take and we put back and, you know, we push around and we shift around and the governments do what they have to do and keep the thing running and everybody's still working and, you know, how it does go until, before you hear it, they will say, well, we move into privatize um, Tian. Like, you know, understand? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Talk about, mm-hmm. about Wasa. Now, mm-hmm. we, so, so we, we, you all have to now go against a whole culture, a culture that hmm. is built on the fact that, well, what are you doing that for? And you yeah. know, we get, and we don't feel the, the burn of things. It's like you know, in Trinidad, especially. Mm-hmm. Look at look at COVID and thing. If you don't really see people dying on the road, you are going to not go out and mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Which is why which is why our COVID would have spiked because when we realized, well, you know, you could walk around still and nobody are going to just fall along yeah. on the ground. People we are the jackass. The scene. Yeah. So <laughs> so my my thing is my my point here is Graham. Why should Trinidad make moves towards? solar is there is there a good re- enough reason that in the whole scheme of things that we need some we need to move towards not probably the everything as you say and even in in homes where there are certain up um appliances certain systems in your homes that work with solar what is the benefit besides the obvious benefit to the pocket in certain ways um besides the benefit to the the if people are environmentally conscious, is there more to it that we could change the culture in Trinidad with solar in any way? So education has a huge part to play in that, um, Kata. Mm-hmm. So you need to sensitize the nation. We need to increase awareness of the capabilities of solar energy. Um, and this will prevent, obviously, some sort of structural unemployment when, you know, the oil and gas industry transitions to a renewable base one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the idea is really, we incite exciting times. The idea is really centered around climate change. We are on a mm. race to pretty much reduce all emissions. Trinidad and Tobago particularly, they, we are actually classified, we were classified as the most energy inefficient country yeah. in the world. I and always we, tell people our carbon footprint and thing and our carbon footprint and the way we we like when it comes to codes and the thing you'd seen earlier with the with the um headline let's see with um mm. the policies you know Trinidad yeah. just when it comes to 
sucking. All right, big time. <laughs> when it comes to sucking, big time. We're number one when it comes to that sucking, big time. Our carbon footprint and so on, and, and, and energy inefficiency. It's it is really and but again, who is going to educate ab us about this? So you know, it's really a tough, tough, tough task. And um, as yeah. a matter of fact, in addition to that, Cutter, we were classified as uh, a few years ago as producing two and a half times the world average of CO2 emissions. Huh? So, really? I mean, I would safely say we are making moves towards a cleaner mm -hmm. energy future. You know, companies like NGC uh, introducing energy efficiency apps, as I mentioned, as the first phase to prepare for the shift of renewable energy. Shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, apart from that, you know, they have the uh, Thing is 102 megawatts of solar mm. uh, projects that the energy consortium which is light source bp bptt and shell that mm. are coming together to produce and install these things it's supposed to start somewhere late this year uh somewhere early next year but the idea is the current administration and previous administrations mm -hmm. have already created that foundation um to prepare ourselves to that energy shift yeah but but hold but, but hold on so so you hit you hit a hot one day you hit a hot one day right uh because <laughs> my brother used to work bp you know some to bp light source let me talk bp light, light source. source bp yeah right light source bp light source they're BP, not yeah. easy they they alter they alter uk a lot of bp employees from my understanding try to uh transition into that company because bp went through a, a big uh you know restructuring exercise along with shell and, and and repsol and all of the and whatnot and right now they're in a situation where they're pushing light source but light source is almost pure foreign people that are coming in right uh now with this pure foreign coming in and they're looking to partner with shell is almost in my mind that whole pre-colonial system happening again so they're seeing renewable energy coming in as a new as, as as a new potential for profits and whatnot so they're bringing in pure external to cream off the first set of profits that it has to offer um in order to move forward what is so magical about this project that they're doing that that local people can't do agree uh, because in my mind what they're coming to do is essentially a solar farm i could be wrong but my you're understanding correct. is a solar farm and from an engineering background um is land space you design the loading uh you get the reliable um pv cells and and brackets to support it which they will probably bring in from the uk um you jack that into the grid you set up a transformer and you feed the system why somebody locally can't do that i could i could call six engineering companies i know right now i could do a back envelope thing on that let's not get carried away <laughs> I hope Rescott is one of them, eh, Shankar? Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you mean, you understand? Know, that can't do your dad. Absolutely. I mean... But who is doing it? Is, is it Ministry of Energy? Who, who puts Ministry all of that Energy. Budget? There are a lot of other partners, UV, UTT, I believe. Uh, a lot of people, are stakeholders involved, but... But did that go out for 10, no? Yeah, it did. Oh, really? I'm not going to jump on their back and start to beat them and thing. Really? <laughs> it went out to tender. Yes, so, it did. Yeah, but does that wait, mean so anything still, Lassie? 
No, well, watch how the mafia does play. Watch how the mafia does play here, fellas. You know, watch me. I've been they waiting for this. No, hear this. Because they go out to tender which local company going to be BP. When BP present their financials and their experience and that kind of thing, they're going to end up showing from BP International Inter yeah, which yeah. local company going to be that. You know what it have out here in Micronesia? They have something called CSB, Citizen... No. Citizen Preferential Points, CSP, right? And CTP. And what that is, is to basically try and get some sort of equivalence between international and, and, and local oh. guys. Because there's no way the local guys could compete with that. But they have the ability in order to, to satisfy the requirements of the tender. Because, I mean, well, pro well you seem to know more about the tender, Graham. What was the tender about? What, what was the work that they were asking to, to, to get done and whatnot? Is, is not something that, that local guys could design? It is. It is. Um, they were looking for the turnkey service. Uh, many people tender for it, including us. Right. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, right. I love bro. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> mm, no, well, you're competing against BP, which to me unfair. You know, son? Yeah. I think somebody in the chat said it was in 2019. That's since 2019. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Big up man like Butch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you see, the thing is, they have to maintain that local content once this farm is executed. So, mm. the people that are going to be operating the farm, I mean, the way I would like to see it, and mm -hmm. the way I believe it is going to happen, um, right. They're going to bring together this team of local contractors as well to help okay. in the execution process and then hand over, okay. hand over that. Yeah. Okay. 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 So the I initial mean, would be light source. Right. But it prepares, it prepares the community. Um, it prepares these local companies who may not have, they have the capability, yes, but they may not have the experience per se. I right. mean, uh, in installing systems of this magnitude. So, I mean, it's a good start to get them involved and then prepare ourselves to better be able to secure future contracts. I mean, professionally, right. we have had experience uh, and we've worked with many consultants in projects, not in Trinidad, but up the islands. So that was our core advantage. But I mean, as you said, better luck next time, right? <laughs> <laughs> One well, could only uh, hope. One could only hope. I want to mm. kind of go back a little bit. Um, you do, uh, I was talking about how to get people involved, incentivize people, and things like that. Are there any like tax breaks for companies pursuing renewables, or for corporate or personal general public entities looking to pursue renewable energy um, alternatives right now? Yes, they are. Um, well, what what does that look like? I will also suggest some uh, potential incentives as well. So, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred, there's a 100% tax credit on solar water heating for residential plants. And I mean, might seem, solar water heating might seem like, you know, a little bit small, but that's four kilowatts per residential plant that, you know, you could potentially remove or even more, remove that from their utility bill. And that's, pretty much going to give a savings of somewhere around $2,000 per annum. 
it seems like a little bit for the impact if you consider every woman should have answered we go as you see in barbados you know mm-hmm. impact is very high very very high mm-hmm. um and i think uh this could be applied to not just residential but you know commercial uh industrial agricultural etc and we've actually installed some for commercial that save them beyond twenty thousand dollars per oh, really yeah. wow so what it is is like a tax a hundred percent tax credit it was 25 percent before and they increased it to a hundred percent last year last year okay. and it's a hundred percent tax credit of the cost of solar water heating equipment up to ten thousand dollars tt dollars oh. um so that's very attractive. Yeah, $10,000 is a fair amount. Yeah. yeah, very attractive for residential clients. And if I was to make an, a suggestion, uh, what I would like to see happen is pretty much see the same tax credit be transferred to renewable energy photovoltaics and other renewable energy technologies. 100% tax credit mm, for Not just solar. Or some percent of that fact, you know. Um, right, right. Of course, you know, other incentives like feed-in tariffs, we were discussing Barbados. Barbados has something called a Renewable Energy Rider Program, the RER Program. Yes. And that's okay. with BLMP, which is Barbados Light and Power, which is the same thing I was talking about, that active network. You know, when things normalize, mm-hmm. you go to work, your home is just pretty much producing energy. It might reach its... Uh, uh, cap in terms of providing that storage to your battery bank, and then what you do with the excess, right. you sell to the grid, and then it pays you. So your utility bill might very well be zero dollars covered by time. you, you know. Mm-hmm. And then these okay. incentives, as I was previously talking about, ROCs, renewable object obligation certificates, green certificates. You know, we liked the company would like to see myself being also like to see these incentives being implemented and it will come it will come because you have to offer these incentives to residential and commercial clients especially if you're going to increase rates very soon soon. (laughs) you know beyond three four times what it is now right so as you reference barbados a lot so clearly barbados is a leader in this thing for the the, for their light and power blp was there a lot of investment into mm-hmm. changing the current, they at least the set up at that time, the infrastructure at that time mm-hmm. to get things to where they are now, or was it mm-hmm. a fairly simple kind of changeover? Um, I believe it was, it wasn't, I mean, I don't want to say simple, to set up a... Active, well, at least financially, yeah. was it like $50 billion yeah. or like Twenty-five mm. million. You know what I mean. I don't think it was that expensive, but it takes time to develop these policies and you know, leadership, awareness. You need to set up new departments. It takes time. It takes right. time. Right. Mm. It's mm. just children. I'd have hope to get there. And our current infrastructure set up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There are actually test sites right now um, to okay. uh the capabilities of that bi-directional flow between the grid and the solar system okay uh, okay residential commercial boat or tn tech is is more as i want to say it's more commercial you know um 
Tian Tech has a tool right now, a small system, probably about three kilowatts or so, okay. that they set up to test that um, capability. Okay. Mm. Right, right, right. So we know it works. Yeah, we got to start somewhere. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, works. it works. It's just a matter of time. Was that thing done cool? Like when you're passing Kuva, is he like real plenty? Like, so. Deirdred. Like, oh, like they're like kind of hot thing or whatever. It is yeah, yeah. It's not any lights. It's not any lights. It's not lights. No, Ramachan, go be seeing who do that. What is it? What is it? What is it? What it is? What it is? You're talking about the, the poles in that around yeah, the yeah, yeah. Those are yeah. solar lights. Those are okay. solar lights, yeah. Okay. And but was before, it was there before the gas station at the end now. The gas it's a new big mm. gas station there, but before that right. they have these solar like like lights just but it's just mm. there for what? What did it have there? I can't I just see like a well, it's not gonna farm or yeah, something going on. It's just a, a, a thing from my understanding. Yeah, it's like, actually, there are yeah. solar lights, but on top of that gas station. Uh -huh. NGC and PNC CNG team put a hundred kilowatts of solar panels there, you know. Okay. So I think, uh, well, apart right. from, you know, that's going to power like some of their pumps, yeah. it's going to power lighting mostly. But um, I, I know mean, something was up there. I know something was up. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, let me ask, ask, ask a question. A man can yeah. just go in and take them, them photovoltaics. <laughs> I mean, hundred, that's a lot. Yeah, maybe if they know what they're doing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but is it that simple, or, or when you install it, that that can move? Sorry, say that again. Uh, is it that some uh, a pipe could just come out a ladder and go the go the photovoltaic thing, nah. or is it that it just do your 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 car or so? It the feeds into a bigger. It feeds into a bigger you will, scheme. You will get shock. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. You could uh you could die from that. Definitely. Yeah. Instantly. Really? As, yeah. we, as we did, Google, I know, don't, with, as technical as, for the layperson, how does a photovoltaic cell work and how does it get the power and all that kind of thing, if you get into that for a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, a photovoltaic cell is essentially like a PN junction, right? A negative mm. and a positive uh junction right so let me break it down a little bit is two layers of silicon uh which is ideally a semiconductor right which is a material that has conductivity between metals and insulators and silicon is actually the most sorry not the most second most abundant element on earth so it's two layers the n type Will, which is the negative type, will have a surplus of electrons. And you do that through a process called doping. I think it's like in an mm -hmm. oven and they have this carrier gas that carries the phosphorus uh, to add impurities in the semiconductor to change its electrical properties, right? And then the other side will have a, is a positive type, which is the same process using boron and it has missing electrons. So it pretty much has like voids or electrons, voids to fill with electrons. And then together it's called a PN junction. So when light or photons right. strike the solar panel with enough energy, and I don't know how to tell you this on hot in Trinidad, right? But <laughs> <laughs> so on the end side, it actually knocks an electron from its bond that leaves a hole and it's drawn to the um, end side uh, 
and then it creates a circuit so it, it's a, it attracts the metal thin metal fingers and then returns to the p-side so that right. creates like a circuit and pretty much yeah that's how the solar panels work and now you could safely say that the technology that is mostly out there monocrystalline solar panels could achieve around 20 percent but then there's new technologies i mean a lot of new technologies which have not been commercialized yet there's perovskite there's tribal electric nano generators um i'll say that again tribal electric nano <laughs> that actually uses rain and sun to produce power you know i mean what research, yeah how, how are we using it yeah let me hear that it uses a so okay i don't know y'all might know something about uh ut testing ultrasonic testing UT? ultrasonics yeah yeah let's do that every weekend bro. yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so inside there it has something called a piezoelectric crystal which emits right. waves but this acts in, re in reverse, so it will receive those vibrations and then generate. Oh, so it's kinetic electric. energy. Not really. Nice try, Les. Nice try. So it's not. <laughs> but then, but then, if the rain comes, so is the impact of the rain hitting the? Um, yes. The, the, the so it has potential to kinetic, I guess, and then it transforms right. into sound waves. That sound. So waves. the heavier the rain, is the more vibration and the more, more energy. Vibration. Correct. Is, is that is, is that something that uh, you all uh, would consider in terms of if a residential client is interested that, you know, normally you, you could design it for the normal monocrystalline one. But if they're interested in, you know, well, if if if, if the product gives like six, six, six PV cells and they're like, listen, I want to test two cells with this new advanced technology, you know. If they're willing to go that that distance, uh, will that be something Rescott would consider doing? Absolutely, but okay, okay, okay. But it's risky. The technology is not out there yet, per se. You know what I mean? Right. It's not out oh, there. Okay, yet. okay, 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 yeah. okay. Some of the more uh, frequently being test technologies will be perovskite. Uh, there's something I think that's made from calcium titanate compound, and then there's. Mm. Gallium arsenide, which is promising, that's more used in Australia. That's just south of mm. you, right? Shankara. Yes, 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 right, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> right next door. Okay, Down okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually producing somewhere around 40% as opposed to monocrystalline technology, which is. 20%. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, it's a lot so, of. So, so what, what's the barriers for, 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 for that Perovsky one then? Because it sounds like that one would have been kind of tried and tested in Australia and whatnot. Is it is it that nobody really is bringing that in Trinidad yet, so it's probably a higher manufacturing cost or something to bring it? It's the cost. Because um, okay. it's so new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the yeah. commercialized technology now would be monocrystalline solar panels. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, qu question, so on the different types of like renewable energy, solar, wind, water, wave, power, is there one a preferred energy is one more efficient than the other, or is it that the ideal situation would be to combine as much as possible? So we have, Rescott has done hybrid systems. Uh, we've actually explored uh, tidal uh, technology, hydro turbines already, and mm. small applications. But as far as it stands, we've installed at least 
10 installations throughout Trinidad and Tobago with a mm. mixture of uh, wind technology, these are horizontal axis and vertical axis wind turbines. There's a lot of wind technology out there now. Wow. I see a couple um, of those, those vertical ones and people yard up here. Yeah. Not plenty, but every once in a while I just see it. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a reason why. Uh, when you Solar is the most predictable renewable energy resource. Wind is less predictable. Mm. So, I mean, to install a wind turbine, you can't just go and put on a wind turbine. You need to do mm. a wind assessment and the industry standard is a minimum of one year. So mm. in certain situations, you can make dispensations to say, if you're an agricultural farmer and you have flat featureless land for miles, mm -hmm. you can say, okay, still let's install and test the wind resource. Because if you install a wind turbine and it doesn't reach what is referred to as a cut-in wind speed, uh, so the graph looks like a flat line and then it will reach a cut-in wind speed depending on the size of wind turbine. And then it will start to generate and then it will plateau until it reaches mm. too high of a wind speed and then it will break and shut off. So if you don't mm. meet that first target, you're not going to be producing any power. Your wind turbine will look like it's spinning. Yeah, well, it's not really. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so that is very interesting because the one I see, the one I see regular in the person yard, it is be spinning. But it always was an interesting concept because it's obviously the the what's the word I'm looking for? The footprint, so to speak, is much neater and much smaller. So you can just put it up, exactly. in, put it up in your backyard and it's good. Mm, and what's exactly. interesting in their location too, it also have evergreen trees behind it, and them trees don't lose the leaves. So mm -hmm. I, I don't understand this. Yeah. Maybe just gather something and say, yeah. It's a rich part at all, so maybe yeah. Because it, 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 it would it, but it would it, it, from from that Torian. I mean, you would think really that for wind turbines, the design of wind turbines, the environmental factors had to be a real big thing, because like oh, Butch saying they offshore wind on the east coast, but for locating sure. them thing is a real feasibility um, so assessment you have to do because the deeper you go, to do a foundation for for a wind turbine like that will be massive on the east coast because the, the currents are that those waves that are coming across you had to put one huge um you know column base in order to anchor that and the piles that you would have to drill in yeah, order yeah. to go down there is you know i mean you could use suction caissons on thing but i would think i, I would think it's a is, is, is some pretty advanced and expensive infrastructure that a lot of good on waiting absolutely uh that's a more common technology, but now, particularly in the UK, they have like semi-submersible wind turbines. You know, like how a semi-submersible mm. works to kind of balance off itself and cancel off based on the currents, etc. But uh, no, I, I I I understand. I explain it to me because to <laughs> me, it's, if you're semi-submersible, you would be using power once you're going against the current. So. Correct, yeah. So it will have to ditch dispatch power from the energy it's producing to balance off. But oh. I mean, it's, it's a technology that is not out there yet. So you're right about that. Um, you could anchor it, uh, but it will have to be some heavy infrastructure you'll have to put in place to, you know, ensure that it's stable. Yeah. Even cell phone right. uh, on land, onshore, right. you can't just go and put up a wind turbine. Uh, right. Obviously, right. they'll have like forces, the pole will flex 
and then it right. will eventually fail due to stresses in the metal material. And that will create something mm-hmm. called slip bands and all this kind of thing. I wouldn't get into that. But uh, <laughs> the idea is your material will stress and it will fail. So you have to obviously mm-hmm. put rigging infrastructure in place to ensure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. He made uh, he, Butch, Butch made a good point there. He was saying that, listen, it's how wind, wind, wind farms all over the North Sea. And that is an interesting thing because I was watching this um, Netflix documentary called Islands of the Future. Um, and I recommend anybody to watch that. Uh, they talk about islands like in the Canary Seas, in um, Oxnark, uh, off of uh, England that have huge tidal ranges and that kind of thing. And you would want to think, well, how, how could a wind farm in the North Sea be profitable? Like how, how well, it, it probably is that same semi-submersible technology that you're talking about. It's probably More something like that they're using. More than likely. Okay. Okay. And of course, so, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, uh, these companies are incentivized to do so, you know? I mean, it's, right. It's like, the mafia, like, the European yeah. mafia is strong. Okay. They're encouraging it. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a lot of uh, relationships with the governments there to right. ensure that the project will be profitable to them. And then mm-hmm. they can now probably hold a percentage of the project. They might sell another percentage. They will sell that energy, you know. So the payback period is attractive, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So touch on uh, you kind of obviously wind farm, wind farms in the seas as our next level. But in terms of general maintenance of like solar panels and things on the ground in the land like let's say anybody backyard commercial applications what does maintenance look like is it something that had to be changed every five years every 10 years i know you say guaranteed returns of 10 years and 35 years but actual physical product what what is the maintenance of that look like so a solar system is ideally maintenance free free right okay now what (laughs) exactly so what the company does, uh, Rescott will ensure the longevity of these items and ensure the value is achieved from these residential or commercial or industrial clients by visiting and doing an inspection once or twice per annum, depending on the size and category of the system, to ensure that the client gets the maximum value per kilowatt out of their investment. And then that now will inform maintenance and maintenance. I mean, it's just cleaning panels. That's what it is. Okay. So the preventative maintenance schedule isn't hectic, as you say, one or two times for the year. No. Just so people don't have to power wash it on that kind of thing. That will be our job. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to power wash it. You just have to simply mm. clean it. And I mean, uh, mm. that's particularly important for us. Uh, recall, we had a lot of jobs to do maintenance where that is concerned for Sahara dust. You know, Sahara oh, yeah. dust like, reduces the mm. will probably. And look at a, can't remember where it was, the volcano that was erupting, that created this, right. this ash and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see those mm-hmm. layers of ash thick. So, I mean, not for us, but just pretty much general cleaning of panels is ideally the only maintenance yeah, that would be required. Okay, so like, all right. So an, another 
big product that um, I mean, I remember I wanted to get into, but I found it to be difficult was that of electrical vehicles, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I know uh, Trinidad Massey in particular had, go- had gone in pretty big with the hybrids and they were selling the Ionics, uh, which came as hybrid and, you know, we purchased a hybrid and whatnot. And it was more efficient, but not ridiculously more efficient. Um, and then a year later, they came with a full EVs. Um, but I noticed it, 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 it hasn't spread like wildfire. Um, because you would think with Tech being so subsidized, if you just jack it in, um, you know, your, 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 your plug, is it that simple that you just jack in your car in the plug and overnight you go charge and, 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 and that is it? And then, you know, how, how that is? So... I wouldn't touch too much on uh, electric vehicles, but I will say I know that there are uh, duty exemptions for bringing in electrical vehicles beyond a certain kilowatt hour cap. It's somewhere around 20 something kilowatt hours. But so those are like the smaller end cars, which would be like the Nissan mm. Leaf. That would be mm. BMW i3. Those small, mm. small cars. And we've actually powered a few a few electric vehicles mm. fully electric vehicles for those some of our clients are really energy conscious and environmentally conscious all about sustainability recycling they have electric vehicles and we power them with solar energy but they wouldn't go far so they'll be close to home and mm. actually uh you have to consider electrical infrastructure and the infrastructure right. for charging these electrical vehicles because if you're mm-hmm. around 26 kilowatt hours, your range might not be Price. that large. Mm-hmm. And then if you shut down in the middle of nowhere, you run out of battery, where are you going to charge? Mm-hmm. So creating that charging infrastructure. I know for a fact Unipet uh, is really pioneering that field, particularly oh, really? um, NGC as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, are, they are prepared. They are prepared for that shift. Coming soon, yeah. that corner near you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of people, a lot of people would have um invested in the Prius to LSE. So you know, it's yeah. only for news to remind it. Ionic is what you get from your firm. But when I right. look at um, a lot of a lot of these foreign news vehicles now are you know are hybrid where they're using mm. less using less losing less fuel. I mean, people look at people do um you know they do purchase these vehicles, eh? but again. Mm-hmm. To say electric, as you all would have pointed out, and with the infrastructure that we ain't really reached there yet to say we are electric, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, somebody in the chat says don't <laughs> shut down any pizza. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all, not at all. Because that that will then become in no time that will become a, a set of different battery and so on. <laughs> things, eh? Yeah, <laughs> a difference it all together. But electric vehicles is the ideal future, you know. There's a lot of mm. uh, different types of fuels, uh, for example, hydrogen. The um, Shankara you had mentioned, this article written by Robert. Uh, yeah, Pitar. Andrew Jupiter. Yeah. Andrew, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, is it Ken Julian? 
Yeah, his son Philip Julian is the one big in the right. hydrogen field. So his let's, son. Let's, so let's let's talk about that a bit. Let's talk about that a bit because that is something I never really understood that they keep pushing green energy. Um, I forgot the name of, of Philip's company now, but New he Gen was or Next New Gen, Gen, New Gen, yeah, New Gen, New Gen yeah. right? Um, and he presented in the last uh, energy conference, and they're pushing this hydrogen uh, power system. Uh, from my understanding, the intent is to replace natural gas, but a lot of it is is experimental research, I would think. I mean, it, 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 is it that simple? How, how how does that actually work? What is it about? It's not it's not experimental anymore. The technology okay. is existing. It's basically an electrolyzer that is used to make hydrogen and hydrogen is not a it's not like a renewable energy resource it's an energy mm. carrier right so mm. i mean they that company will be piggybacking off the brechen castle solar energy project so okay. the majority of that load is going to supply that electrolyzer and their power consumption to create green hydrogen and, I mean, what is the Brechen Castle Solar Energy Project? Sorry, that's part of the Energy Consortium Lighthouse DP. Oh, the same Lighthouse thing. Okay, okay. So the solar Lighthouse. farm. Okay, right, 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 right. Two separate solar farms. One is in Brechen Castle and one is Golden Grove, Orange Grove. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Okay, so right. the majority of that power will go to feed their energy consumption. I mean, the infrastructure. To set up hydrogen is expensive, but I mean, the research I've done on it, it shows a positive payback once, of course, you have an environment that is encouraging to do so. Right. Yeah. So you have that political right. support, et cetera, et cetera. Right, so, right. As much as we're talking, um, solar is, is good and friendly and all that kind mm. of stuff, but the decommissioning of these photovoltaic cells, is it environmentally harmful? What, what, what does it entail? Yeah. Was it, it life for it? Was it life for So, I mean, uh, uh, decommission, you're talking about the lifespan of a solar cell, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, to decommission a solar cell, uh, a lifespan of a solar cell might be somewhere close to 30 years. And then after okay. 25, Five years, the energy efficiency begins to drop. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't talk too much about it, but I know for a fact uh, you've seen people get creative uh, when solar cells are being decommissioned. Uh, I think there's no standard existing now to say, or guidelines existing now say how solar panels are supposed to be decommissioned because you could actually get uh reuse 85 percent of that silicon but there's a process there's a industrial process you have to go through so mm -hmm. i believe california is they recently came out with a guideline per se on how these solar cells could be decommissioned because I'm not sure, I think some percentage is only 4% of it is made up of silicon, right? The rest is glass, aluminum right. framing. Okay. Right. And then some of those mm. are toxic metals. So if you just mm. say, okay, I'll throw it in the dump, that's mm -hmm. going to leak. That's going to affect right. water systems. That's going to affect our environment. Right. People. 
you know? <laughs> and I mean, there's so many ways. I mean, I could get into that topic now. Like, I mean, there's so many ways to reuse plastic and to recycle. Not just throwing a plastic bottle in a plastic bottle bin. You could do so much right. with plastic. And landfills particularly, you could create landfill gas. Because there's a lot of mm-hmm. methane. Landfill is like a big bomb underneath there. All this methane just being trapped. It's building, building, yeah. Tap into that. Take that methane. Produce power. There's a lot of things called fluidized bed combustion. There's something from the anaerobic digestion, which we could have used, or which we used to use from the sugarcane industry to create mm. gas as well. Uh, agricultural sectors could explore that. And then the refuse that is bagasse, I believe it's called, that could be used also in agricultural processes. So waste, I would say, I mean, we're just at the tip of the iceberg right now. We have a very sound, these companies like IKTT, um, other organizations, you could pave the road with plastic, that's being done in the UK and Scotland, I believe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, we just had a tip of the iceberg, but we, are, we have a lot of things to do, a, a far way to go where uh, recycling and plastic is concerned. Definitely. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, we want to just engage our audience a little bit here, Graham, and we're going to bring some questions to you from the viewers. So we call this the question comment segment. So Torin will pull them up on the screen. So we are from Butch. When are grid tied RE systems expected to be legislated? Do you have any idea about that or do you have any ballpark? I <laughs> we are in discussions right now. You know, I wouldn't say when, but yeah, but in discussions, definitely. Next year, next year, yeah. I'll just say, yeah, something they're actively considering, yeah, yeah. We put it out into the universe, we put it out there, and come back to us. Yeah, question How much does it cost to maintain, repair? solar panels so i guess overall maintenance you know you have an initial cost your setup cost all these things maybe a general maintenance cost what are we looking at there so you're looking at uh, a couple hundred dollars a year you know not so mm-hmm. much to maintain okay. solar, you know uh and it's, there's an inspection that we do and then the maintenance like i rightfully said is inspection will be electrical testing uh drone inspection of the panels uh and obviously, we'll issue an inspection certificate, which will inform on maintenance, if any, and thereby maintenance, like I said, just washing panels. And we don't have to do that. You know, the clients could opt for that if they choose. But we have that mm-hmm. subcategory of our business, which is inspection and maintenance, that we offer our clients as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Next, we have... Um, so Jared is saying good info and so on. He also says in terms of installation and future planning for solar equipment, how do you see TNT dealing with the end of life aspect of solar equipment? So I guess as the same, is it like the same thing we're talking about? I'm not too sure. Yes, mm-hmm. You're Absolutely right. Uh, that's the same thing uh, like I was talking about mm-hmm. where there are guidelines of how to dispose of solar panels and then we need to set up industrial processes to 
reuse the certain amount of silicon that we can, which is 85% or something around there, through these industrial processes. And then people can get creative, build sheds, build tables, do all kind of different stuff with it. Definitely, definitely. Let's see other question for, for Graham. Yeah, it was something that Butch had mentioned here. Um, we used to heat. Uh, I remember three, three, four years ago, the Ministry of Energy actually went out for expression of interest for a waste energy facility. And that never went any further. Um, is it that the right people um, with the right kickbacks didn't um, bid on the project? I mean, what? why does that project just fell through? Because to me, most cities in UK, that is where they're going because they're running out of landfill space. Um, I do understand that it is a difficult social project because there's a social reality to the landfill. But, um, you know, these waste energy facilities, you know, it tends to, it, it, it tends to kind of clean up a lot of, of it, it, it tends to deal with a lot of the whole life cycle question of the conversation rather than just this ISO. What is your thing going on? What went on in Trinidad since that waste energy thing? Any more conversations about that? I believe uh, what I can say is that they probably didn't have the infrastructure in place yet and the policies in place yet to implement something like that, a strategy like that. Uh, you mean like for independent power producers? No, just like a, a defined strategy of how they're going to execute these waste energy plants, where they're getting the waste from, how they're going to segregate the waste, who's going to set up the plants, etc. etc. Mm. Yeah. So they had to do so they had to do those studies and get our information first. That that yeah. so it doesn't have any feasibility studies on something like that. So they probably need they to do. go for feasibility. But they do. They do have feasibility studies on that, but probably nothing that in depth and detail. Probably student feasibility studies, but I I think they haven't they will need to engage like a proper consultant to say, okay, this is the plan you need to follow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a question here from Fowers that has to do with biodiesel. I don't know if you can address it. A lot of South American countries have been using biodiesel. Is it feasible to do this in Trinidad? What yeah. is biodiesel? Uh, basically, bi it's a mixture. It's a mixture. Yeah. So, like, for example, I'll draw on Brazil. Brazil has something called E85 fuel. It's pretty much a mixture because Brazil has a huge sugarcane industry. And mm. You could pretty much produce ethanol from sugarcane and mix right. that with natural gas right. to produce 85% mm. ethanol right. and then natural gas as a fuel for uh, your vehicles. Oh, mm. yeah. okay. I always thought it was like they're taking Sizzola or something and putting it in the table. But I know there are, there are other ways to produce biodiesel and biogas, per se. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's something that we could explore, definitely. Yeah, a lot of things we could explore in Trinidad, there, but we will see, we yeah. see when it reaches. Reach. Question mm -hmm. from Saeed. Are solar panels accessible mostly to the wealthy right now? How do we make it accessible to the poor? Those without electricity? Uh, I would say what Rescott has is payment plan. So people that can't 
uh, and we have agreements with financial institutions as well. So people that can't afford yeah, upfront uh, full investment and fork out that money, they can opt for a payment plan. They could pay a certain percentage. They could get full financing for it as well. And I mean, for those without elasticity, as we would have touched on at the beginning of the project, bring the cases forward because we have this charitable foundation existing. And we do look, we have a charitable email as well, rescuecharity at gmail.com. And I mean, mm. we always scout that email for new projects and ideas. Uh, right. Like I rightfully said this year, look, we are already surpassing our charitable project. So, I mean, the opportunities for uh, those that are less fortunate to still access this uh, funding and these this charitable foundations to electrify their home with solar energy through Rascot Limited. Right. right. So, and, uh, and you're all open, just, just one more question, Peter. Um, and you're all open to doing like research and stuff like that? You all, you all do research with private clients as well, like clients who are willing to invest in new technologies and kind of just test and so on? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Due to confidentiality reasons, I wouldn't say which mm -hmm. companies are. <laughs> but right, uh, right, right. Yeah. we have many uh, partner companies that we are working with right now to bring resilience plans to transition the entire country, starting with Port of Spain, to mm. a cleaner energy um, based energy production. And then, apart from that, research into new technology, yes, those are other subcategories and other clients that we work with to research new technologies, test new ideas test new products, etc. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Well, well, Graham, it was really, really nice having you. We are winding down right yes, now. Sir. I see the questions have come to a bit of a, a lull. Um, mm -hmm. In closing, Graham, you know, for the viewers watching and for those who will watch later on, because, you know, the show is always there. People come on, they will take it in after. What would you want to leave the average Trinidadian with in terms of their understanding of solar and the potentials within their own life and how it can factor in and and how can they get in touch with rescott how can they reach out where is the best place for them to which platforms you all want and that kind of thing so i mean we're on social media uh facebook instagram mm -hmm. linkedin uh we have our website which is rescott.com that's r-e-s-s-c-o-t-t.com uh i think i would say to the average Trinidadian, don't wait <laughs> right. 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 Oh, yeah. that can create interest next month because yeah. you know it's gonna create havoc. You need to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Be prepared. Mm -hmm. Engage your company. See what the company has to offer because, like I said at the start, there are many standardized solar packages that mm -hmm. enhance the attractiveness of the investment to residential clients and more so a commercial client. So mm -hmm. I think that's the advice I will give to uh, average Trinidadian. You don't have to in remove your entire load facility from TNTech. You mm -hmm. can remove right. a certain that's portion a of it. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to mm -hmm. spend X amount of dollars. You could spend a fraction of that, start off small, build many modular systems, scale up in the future, test the product for it. Because like I said, there's a myth that solar energy doesn't work. And like you were talking about Shankara, Mm -hmm. We engage, it's not like we buy products and sell. We design mm -hmm. products, go to the manufacturers, we build them, and that way we are sure 
what we are selling works and we can reinstate therefore confidence in the renewable energy market in Trinidad and Tobago. There you go. Thank you very much, Graham, for those words. And I see we have a, a real next soldier in the mix here, Travis Mord of Travsol. Mm -hmm. Travis, yeah. will be Travis, mm. will be jumping in the show in soon time. You know, we just do it, right? <laughs> so, as you say, take it step by step. Be proactive, not exactly. reactive. So, exactly. with that, with Big that, up. folks, we want to thank you all for coming mm. and engaging with us um, on this very, very pertinent topic of renewable energy. And we want to thank Graham Jones of Rescott for giving us his time and being so gracious. So, thank you so much, Graham, for the mm. opportunity it's to discuss. Yeah, man. So from us here in the Heights room, we have your boy yeah. Shankar, eh? Yeah, one, 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 one thing I forget, Kata, just to uh -huh. remind the people, next week episode, we'll be having Dr. Ray Fulong coming to talk about traffic, but he'll be coming on a Tuesday. So oh, look, out for, look out for the ad that, that'll remind you all that is on Tuesday at 8.30. We'll be Tuesday. doing that show. So that's, yeah. that's at 24 hours earlier, guys. You know, again, it's faster. Mm. So don't, don't be mm -hmm, tough. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, guys, we want to thank you all for coming out. Hey, Crow, pick up yourself, man. Good night. Well, Crow, you'll, you'll take any rerun. We want to close up there. Blessed love, everybody. We will talk. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, Graham. Easy. All right. Take care, yeah. guys. Yes, sir. Answer you.